Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. Hope it helps you get through whatever you're doing dishes or laundry or driving to or from work or sitting on the porch in the evening or conference period, lunch, or sitting by fire like I am, rainy outside, chilly, so maybe y'all can hear that in the background. Got the beginnings of scratchy throat, so if you hear sniffles or coughs in the background, that's what it is. I don't think we have a whole lot else. Had way, way too much to eat at Thanksgiving last week. It's really kind of ironic, true. My wife looked up at me while we were eating and said, you know, when did Thanksgiving become about feasting ourselves to the point of of just absolutely stuffing ourselves? and football games and parades. And for those of y'all that have been with the podcast the last few weeks, we've been doing these Thanksgiving proclamations. You know, there's a lot of truth in that. There's nothing wrong with watching a football game or watching a parade or eating, feasting on a day of Thanksgiving. But the point is, do we take time each day really especially on that day to remember why we actually have the day individually and as a nation to praise God thank God seek his forgiveness seek his healing for ourselves and our land and his guidance for our children his blessings on our marriages our work, and you have to, if you're honest, today say that the answer for our country is a resounding, depressingly so, no. So I figured this next week after Thanksgiving, along those same lines, it would be wise to go ahead and start to talk about what we're going to celebrate in a few weeks and look at how we've dealt with that as a nation at certain times. Christmas. Christ Mass. 
And you can listen to all the arguments from the left about stealing ideas from pagans and secular holidays. And we may talk about that a little bit later on or whether the birth of Christ is in October in December, etc., etc. The bottom line is the celebration is about the birth of Christ. It's impossible to celebrate Christmas without celebrating the birth of Christ. If you take Christ out of Christmas, then you're not really celebrating Christmas, no matter what you may say or think. Just like if you take God out of our republic, then we no longer have a republic, no matter what you may say or think or hear others say or think. I think I mentioned this. I had one of my more negative comments on Instagram a week or so ago talk about separation of church and state. Tell me in not so nice words, basically, to sit down and shut up. And it's always ironic because when you go back and read these Thanksgiving proclamations, you see factually that the modern sense of separation of church and state was nowhere in the founding of our nation. And so, I don't really know how I got off on that. I guess it's just, it's always there. But we're going to go ahead and, and get into this Christmas discussion, and we're going to start with a Christmas greeting to the nation by FDR from December 24th, 1933. We in the nation's capital are gathered around this symbolic tree celebrating the coming of Christmas. In spirit, we join with millions of others, men and women and children throughout our own land and in other countries and continents in happy and reverent observances of the spirit of Christmas. For me, and for my family, it is the happiest of Christmases. To the many thousands of you who have thought of me and have sent me greetings, and I hope all of you are hearing my voice, I want to tell you how profoundly grateful I am. If it were within my power so to do, I would personally thank each and every one of you for your remembrance of me, but there are so many thousands of you that that happy task is impossible. Even more greatly, my happiness springs from the deep conviction that this year marks a greater national understanding of the significance in our modern lives of the teachings of him whose birth we celebrate. To more and more of us, the words, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, have taken on a meaning that is showing itself and proving itself in our purposes and daily lives. 
May the practice of that high ideal grow in us all in the year to come. I give and send you one and all, old and young, a Merry Christmas and a truly happy New Year. And so for now and for always, God bless us, everyone. Franklin D. Roosevelt, A Christmas Greeting to the Nation. A couple things in this, and we're going to tie this in. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself is teaching of Christ. God bless us, everyone. That quote actually comes from Tiny Tim and A Christmas Carol from Dickens. The teachings of him whose birth we celebrate. You know, here FDR acknowledges the whole point of Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Christ and the hope and joy that he brings into the world. Because he brings the only path to God and eternal life and salvation. And the really significant comment here marks a greater national understanding of the significance in our modern lives of the teachings of Christ. That thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself has taken on a meaning that is showing itself and proving itself in our purposes in daily lives. And maybe this is why I got off on separation of church and state earlier. You, you have the idea, the foundational idea of freedom of religion built into the First Amendment. Freedom of a man to choose how to worship God, whether to worship God or a false God or no God at all. And that has to fundamentally be part of the American Republic in order for her to exist. But that in no way negates the responsibility of our citizens to follow the teachings of Christ, as FDR says here, in our purposes and daily lives. That's what he said. And, and that it has to be that the, the teachings of Christ, the teachings of him whose birth we celebrate, has to be significant in our national understanding. You don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American. But if you truly love this nation and, and want freedom and liberty, you have to be willing to follow the principles of Christ, as FDR said here, in our purposes, whether foreign or domestic, and in our daily lives. We talk about that so often. We'll talk about it again shortly. We haven't talked about it for a few weeks. We need to come back to that repetitively because we're failing so miserably at that in our individual lives, our marriages, our families, our communities, schools, states. 
but we have to make sure that we're living these principles of Christ out in our private and public lives. And so we're going to look at that for the last few minutes I have with you all. And, and we're going to tie this in to the quote that I use so often from Woodrow Wilson from 1911, I believe. America was born a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness, which are derived from the revelations of the Holy Scriptures. So just like FDR said in his Christmas message in 1933, we have to exemplify this devotion to righteousness, to the principles of Christ. We were born that way. We were founded that way. We can only function that way. So every time you hear somebody say, oh, well, this is a secular nation, you know, don't shove your religion down my throat or keep your religion in your church to yourself. That's not how our founders intended it at all. In fact, the reverse was quite, quite true. If, if you don't claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you claim some false god like Allah or Buddha or Hinduism or or you cling to the unbelievable faith of atheism. You keep that to yourself individually. But nationally, we need to exemplify, as Wilson said here, the principles in the Bible. We were born for that. We can only function that way. And, and we need to express those purposes in our daily lives, as FDR said, based on the teachings of him whose birth we celebrate, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, what are, well, first off, yeah, I'll, I'll go the other way. So, what, what, what are, what are these teachings? Well, there's a lot, but, but, Christ really summed it up, and I'm going to read from Matthew, chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. He was asked, "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" And Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So that ties in with FDR's Christmas message, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, follow the teachings of Christ. So these, these are the two greatest commandments. And Christ says everything else comes from these. So we have a responsibility first to love God with all that we are and then to love our neighbors ourselves. And I'll throw this out there. What greater neighbor 
do those of us who are married have besides our spouse? And I answer, none. And then so, the other verse from John 14, verses 15, through a few, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And so I read that because you have so many people today that talk about loving Christ. And you can't know an individual's heart. That's between them and God. But what we can do is we can look at actions. And we need to look at actions in those that we interact with on a day-to-day basis and, and with those that we elect. Because as John Jay, our first Supreme Court Chief Justice said, we have a duty and it's our privilege to elect Christian rulers in this Christian nation. And so if you really want to know whether somebody follows, loves Jesus Christ, look and see whether they act out his teachings, his commandments in their daily lives. Again, as FDR said in his Christmas message. And so all this ties back in, folks. You, you see this. So, so the idea that this was in 1933, the idea that 14 years later, the Supreme Court would suddenly decide that Jefferson in this one part of this one line in this letter to this Baptist preacher about separation of church and state meant that Christ had no role, God had no role, the Bible had no role in our founding faith and principles, that our Bill of Rights that our declaration, that our constitution, that all of these, that the whole country wasn't based on the principles laid out in the Bible is completely and utterly false. So when you go about your daily lives, know this. As we go into this season, know this. The people that are rejecting Christianity, that are rejecting the principles of Christ, those are the ones that are out of step with the history and our heritage. And just throw this in real quick. So those people that say, oh, well, it was founded on slavery and racism and, you know, uh, brutality toward the natives, etc., etc. No, that's, that's not true either. Those things happened. But those were times when we failed to follow the principles of Christ. And you see today the price we're still paying. for those times we chose to ignore God and Jesus Christ and their commands. So that argument's completely false as well. We're going to do a lot of these going into this Christmas season, folks. We'll mix some other stuff in, but I sure do appreciate y'all joining me. Give me a little bit of your time. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.